Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for the public exhortation. But the Bible said David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Amen. The day will come down, you'll have to talk about you. Amen. And where you're going and what God has planned for you. Because your life makes up a whole. Amen. Doing your part is so critical. And I'm going to say that again. Doing your part is so critical. And to do your part, it takes faith to do your part. Amen. And that's what we're talking about today. Amen. If you're living by faith, you're doing your part. Come on now. If you're living by faith, you're not a spectator, you're a participator. Amen. Faith will make you participate in what God is doing in the earth right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Faith means you're not looking for what you're in it. You're in the middle of it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise God. So we want to talk about the continuing Faith sees God. Not only does faith see God, faith sees what God has planned for you and what God's called you to do. And as I was looking over faith and thinking about it, it, faith in itself is a miracle. Amen. It is a miracle. Praise God when you're living by faith. And faith is a lifestyle, so you're supposed to be having a miraculous lifestyle. Amen. Miraculous means that's divine intervention. Amen. In the course of ordinary nature. Amen. Faith means God is intervening because you have opened your heart and let him in. And he's intervening in everything you do today. Praise God. Come on now. That's living by faith. Faith is a lifestyle. It's not a momentary event when you need something. Amen. It means God is miraculously intervening in my life every day. So every day you get up a miracle that's just started. Come on now. If you live in my faith, amen, that means you are joyful, you have expectation. Come on now, praise God. It takes faith to come to church. You got to believe something's going to happen in here. I hope you've been praying for me because if you have, you're getting a revelation this morning. You're going to have divine intervention in your life, amen, praise God. And if he's intervening, that means something is always happening in my life. You're looking at a forward-motivated, moving operation, praise God, because faith never goes back. It's always going forward. Going forward to accomplish what God has for us to do. And the Bible said the just shall live by faith. Which made, made it a lifestyle, praise God where I have invited God to intervene. Amen. We talked about Wednesday night, faith includes revelation. Because revelation is how you see what doesn't exist. But it's your assignment to bring it to pass. Come on now. Amen. It's a revelation. And that revelation is the miraculous part of faith. Because you can't get revelation without God intervening and revealing something to you. Amen. And whatever he reveals to you, he wants it to come into manifestation. That's why God says, the Bible says, it doesn't please God when people don't live by faith because that means I, can use, I can't use you 
to set the record straight. How many people know the record ain't straight? <laughs> the record's not straight until you get everything that he put on the table for you. Until you get everything he prepared for you, the record's not straight. And one day I was sitting in my desk studying and I said, Canaan ain't right. I'm talking about Canaan land. I said, Canaan ain't right because it's got people living in it that are not supposed to be living in it. It's got people possessing what doesn't belong to them. It's got people living in things that's not theirs. It belongs to somebody else. Amen. And until, until the shift changes and everything is lined up like God wants it in his plan of redemption, it's not right. Canaan ain't right. Well, praise God. They said it right. Yes, they did. They said it right. I'm here to tell you this morning, Nashville ain't right. <laughs> Until you get everything. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> I'm trying to talk right now. <laughs> Come on. God didn't bring you, to here, bring you here to be a spectator. He brought you here to be a participator in the inheritance that belongs to you in this city. Amen. Until you get everything God planned for you. Now, if you're in the wrong geography, I recommend you get a ticket and find out where you belong and get there quick. Come on, somebody else got your stuff in another city, in another state. Amen. Praise God. Faith knows where it belongs. Amen. Faith knows where it belongs. The faith lifestyle is not a guessing lifestyle. It's not a head lifestyle where I, I live by my head. No, faith is when I find out what God wants. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is when I find out what God wants. Amen. And then I live my life pursuing that. And the pursuit and accomplishment of that sets things right. Faith is a setting in order of putting things exactly where they belong, where exactly where God's mind ordered them to be. Come on now. It's not a helter-skelter life. And, you know, I've met people in life, they just act like it didn't matter where they belong. It does matter where you belong. Your calling and assignment has geography attached to it. In order for Abraham to live by faith, God had to say, Abram, I want you and I want you to take your family and I want you to leave where you are and I want you to go to the land that I'm showing you. So when you read, the, when you read chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, it's called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And when you read it, it's people that got instruction from God. They, and when you get instruction from God, you just got a revelation. Amen. And the revelation is that God's presence and power is going to help you to bring what you just saw into full manifestation. So if I'm not seeing anything, amen, then I'm not revelating anything. If I'm not revelating anything, then I'm not meditating anything. If I'm not meditating anything, it's because I ain't heard anything. But you're going to hear something today, praise God. God's got a plan for your life. This is the last day of the extraordinary for you. If that's the way you've been living, praise God. God has got the extraordinary plan for you. You're going to make a difference in this planet 
because God created you to be world changers. I got to show you that today. If you're not changing something, something ought to be changing in you. Something ought to be changing in the things around you. Something ought to be changing because you spoke to it. Something ought to be changing because you touched it. Because God don't want everything the same. I just told you Nashville ain't right. And God needs somebody to change it so it lines up with the way he wants it. When we talk about redemption, we're talking about putting things back where they belong. And redemption cannot be accomplished without faith. I like what Hillary B. Yeoman said. In the, in the plan of executing redemption, that means to put us back where God intended for us to be. In his image, in his likeness, in the location where he wanted us, in the occupation where he wanted us, with the wealth he wanted us with, with the people he wanted us with. Amen. And ruling and reigning in this earth with the enemy under your foot. And until that's your environment, redemption's got to take place. But redemption cannot take place without faith. Hillary B. Yeoman said in the execution of the plan of redemption, somebody say it's a plan. It's, a plan. it's God's plan. In the execution of the plan of God, God have bound himself that he cannot carry out the plan without us living by faith. Amen. That's why God counts faith better than gold tried in a fire. It's more valuable than any type of asset that you may see in this earth. Any kind of any kind of natural wealth, any kind of natural substance, it, faith is more valuable to God. He said it's more valuable than gold. So he says in all you're getting, we need to be getting understanding of the plan and then faith in the plan and bringing it into manifestation. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Because that means I'm not receiving divine intervention to cause my surroundings to change where God planted me. Amen. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. There's something we said Wednesday night. It takes the same amount of time to get faith as it takes to get unbelief. Come on, I can show you in the word. I can show you. It takes the same amount of time. Just like that. That's how long it takes. It takes the same amount of time to be in unbelief that it takes to be in faith. Unbelief, all unbelief takes is your attention. I'm thinking about Peter walking on water now. It just took a moment to get him in faith. One word got him in, two words, come, got him in faith. And then one moment looking at the winds and the waves, he was in unbelief. It took the same amount of time to get in faith that it took to get in unbelief. To get in faith, you got to focus on what God told you. You got to spend a lifetime meditating his word. You got to look at what God said, because if you don't look at what he said, you got to look at something else. And guess what you're going to be doing with your life? Looking. Guess what you're going to be doing with your life? Looking. The Bible says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith takes a gaze. Faith requires a focus. Faith requires a devotion. What are you looking at? If you are living without the word of God on a daily basis, don't deceive yourself that you in faith. All you need is a storm to determine what's going on in your life. All you need is a storm because see, when the sun is shining on the just and the unjust, everybody look like they're getting by. 
But oh, let a little corona come through. <laughs> I'm just talking to you right now. Just let a little corona. We'll find out what you believe in. We'll find out if he's your doctor, your lawyer in the courtroom, whenever you need him. Amen. We'll find out if he's your, oh! <laughs> Didn't you love that song this morning? Well, he is mine. I got to trust him all the way. Amen. The song said, I'm not turning back. Amen. That means I'm not going to look at something else for the answer. So if Corona comes, I'm still looking to the hills which come of my help. If financial challenges come, I'm still looking at Jehovah Jireh. No matter what it looks like, if I'm on the plane, God, if I'm on the plane, God's got an answer. Yes, he does. He's got a response if I'm staying on the plane. That's why the Bible said, count it all joy when challenges come. When you're on the plane, it don't matter what it looks like. Faith is a plane. The Bible said there's many devices in a man's mind. There's a way that seems right to him, but the end thereof is destruction. Faith is knowing the plan of God and staying with it. We said there's, there's manifestations. Faith produces a manifestation, but first you've got to be presented with the word. You've got to be presented with the word. And then you've got to mutter the word. You've got to rehearse it in yourself. And if you rehearse it long enough, revelation will come. Now that's the miracle. You've got to stay with the word till a revelation comes of who you are, what you call to do, and what you've been given to do it. You've got to get all of them. Because if you can get what you're called to do, and then what you're called to do is going to be bigger than what you can pay for. God ain't ever asking you to do something that you can pay for. Amen. Redemption is going to cost a lot of money. Yes, it is to put everything back where it belongs. Amen. So you got to get a revelation, not just of the assignment. You got to get a revelation of the people that's going to help you. You got to get revelation of the health you're going to need to walk through it. Amen. Praise God. You got to get revelation of the location. Amen. Praise God. You got to get revelation of the wealth. You got to get revelation of them all so you don't get stripped along the way. So you don't get stumbled along the way. And when you get revelation of it, you see it before it shows up. You see it before it shows up. Faith is a revelation that what you are seeing is yours. That God don't have to go get it. God don't have to prepare it. It's already prepared. We're gonna get, we stopped there Wednesday night. I'm going to get there today. Yes, it's already prepared. That's why faith will shout with the middle of a, do- a bad doctor's report. Yes, it will. Faith will shout now. Now, worry and concern will scratch your head. <laughs> but faith will shout. Yes, it will. It'll count it all joy. The world's going to find out he's my healer. Yes, they're going to find out. They're going to find out he's my financier. That's what they're going to find out. Amen. Because I'm living in faith. And so things are being put in place where they belong. The Bible said the son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So redemption means to take out any work 
that the devil has ever done to your life. I, whatever he's done to your family, whatever he's done to your family tree. Praise God, hallelujah, that the curse is about ready to be reversed. You can get some undone here today. Well, then nobody responded. <laughs> you got to believe he's going to do it. You got to believe it's already done. You ought, to, you ought to be over in Hebrews chapter 11. Praise God. Let's take a look at this. Faith sees God in the middle of the situation, not on the perimeter, but active participating. And then faith sees the manifestation that he wants by revelation, and that makes faith a miracle. When Jesus was asking his disciples who men said he was, they got to the place where they asked him, who do you say? Because at the end of the day, it's going to be about what you say. <laughs> I know what men are talking. I want to hear what they're saying. But at the end of the day, what are you saying? Amen. Amen. Praise God. And you shouldn't be saying the same thing. Come on now. Amen. We shouldn't be saying the same thing men are saying without God. If we're in his presence, we should have a different voice. Amen. If we're spending time with him, we don't talk about the same subject the same way. We shouldn't talk about marriage the same way the world talks about it. Yes, I did. Come on now. We shouldn't talk about marriage the same way the world talks about it. We shouldn't talk about children the same way the world talks about children. I should talk them in my occupation the same way the world's talking about the supervisor. I should in that conversation. We should have a different conversation because we see something they don't see. He said, who do men say that I am? They got it wrong. He said, who do you say? Right. Now, if he hadn't got revelation, he probably would have said the same thing they were saying. Come on now. Without revelation, you say the same thing they're saying. You live the way they're living. You do the things they do. Revelation sets you on a different course than everybody else because faith causes you to see something everybody else don't see. That's why Paul was eating weeds in the middle of a storm, but everybody else was on a hunger strike enforced by fear. You can't eat because you're afraid. Fear take your appetite. Fear take hope. Fear only leaves darkness and a road to nowhere. But faith causes you to see that God has got a way of escape for you. You about ready to come out of this thing. And so Paul saw, he said, the Lord came and stood with me. Revelation. Amen. And then he saw there would be nobody lost going through this thing. Come on now. So when faith comes, you don't see yourself losing Come on now. You don't see yourself losing anything. You don't lose your mind. You don't lose your health. Your back ain't going out. Your hearing ain't going out. No, praise God. You see God in a state of provision towards you. You see your way out. The Bible said not looking at the things that are seen because they're temporal. Come on now. 
But the things that are eternal, come on now. God is trying to show you what he planned for us from the foundation of the world. He wants us walking in all of them. And faith is the only way to get there. It's the only way to get there. And you've got to protect your faith. You've got to guard your heart. No, Jesus told Peter, I'm not turning to Matthew chapter 16 right now. I can't turn to all these. Matthew chapter 16. He said, uh, who do you say I am? He didn't say, Father, he didn't say God told me this. He just said what he saw. He said, because he had been around him, he had been around the word made flesh. When you devote yourself to the word, revelation got to come. So don't get mad at somebody where they think they smart. No, they just devoted themselves to something more than you did. Somebody was talking about us in the, in the, in the beauty parlor. At least they was talking. See, so them people down in church on the rock, they, 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 just, they just word people. Bougie is what they said or something like that. I thank God for his word. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, they hang from the rafters over there where they are. I could say more, but I don't want to say more. It's not good to have a zeal of God with no knowledge. They don't need a hooping and hollering and shouting, and the devil going to whoop you when you get home gonna whoop you all week long it's no point in living like that you're supposed to have knowledge the bible said don't be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is once you get your stuff then hang from the raptors come on now praise god when you get your deliverance then hang from the raptors amen praise god don't make it an hour of entertainment and then people live in, in defeat all week long. Because you got to know how you're going to win. Faith sees its way out because it's been revealed through knowledge. It's called revelation knowledge. And that's what Peter got. He said, now you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now he's the only one in the planet. There's only one of them at that time. There's only one. Nobody else is the son of God, right. having the nature and the image and likeness of God. He is the only one in the earth at that time. And Peter happened to be talking to him, spending time with him and been around him. And revelation came. The Bible said in, in James chapter 4, I think it's James chapter 5, I think it's 5. I have to go back and look real quick. You go look it up. I think it's chapter 4. It says around verse 7 or 8. It says draw nigh to God. And then he'll do what? Amen. When we make the decision, we want more of him. You know why we don't, we know why we don't have a Monday night service? 
because you don't want one. You know we don't have a Tuesday night service. You don't want one. <laughs> you know what? We don't have a Thursday night service. <laughs> Friday. See, when somebody's in revival, they want to be around God. Revival is about people that are hungry for God. Come on now. He said, I'm going to pour water upon him that is thirsty. And they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. You got to get to a place where you are hungering after God. You got to get to a place where you done figured out there's nothing out there in the world for you. You got to figure out there's nothing out there for you. It's nothing out there that's going to fulfill you like God's going to fulfill you. If he was your all in all, you say, I need a Monday night service because all that I need is going to be right there where he is. If, 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 he, if you wanted a Tuesday night service, you would be getting up Monday saying, God is my all. If I don't have him, I don't have nothing. And everything I got today came from him. I got a sound mind because it came from him. I got a healed body because it came from him. I got provision because it came from him. Everybody in the house is doing well. House just came from God. He's my keeper. Except the Lord build the house. We're talking about a house builder. Everything comes from him. He's got to become your sinner. He's got to become your sinner. And people got to realize, you got to realize, if I want something to work in this life, I got to put him in the center of it. I got to put him in the center of it. The Bible said, except the Lord build a house, which means there's no such thing as, as building a house without God. You can watch the news, you can find out having a big house. Is not having a house. It's just brick and mortar and sticks. And everybody in there don't like each other. You could be in a mansion looking for a new wife. Or a new husband. Don't say it, don't say it ain't happened before. Because you think something else is going to satisfy you. The Bible says, if you listen to the Bible, it says... <clears throat> Rejoice with the wife of your youth. Don't make her your joy. I'm looking for somebody that can please me. That's Jesus. <laughs> Don't give somebody Jesus his job. And then keep and putting that un unrealistic expectation on somebody to make you smile when you want to be mad. With, with the mad demon. You got you take a demon to help you look the way some people look. Yes, you do. It's a it's a demon. I can I can look at people now. <laughs> I can look at people now. Yes, I can. That's a demon. Some dispositions and expressions did not come from heaven. I hope you know that. And some dispositions did not come from heaven. See, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost in the kingdom of God. And when people do not have that look, that perplexed look, that, 
that dazzled look, that, that, that confused look, that depressed look. It's a spiritual force behind that. But it's a spiritual force behind righteousness, joy, and peace, and laughter. It's a, it's a force behind that. Takes faith to live in the house with somebody. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And the married people ought to say amen. Oh, the Bible said they went through deserts by faith. Shut the mouth of lions by faith. Some of you are going to have to live in your house. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and be glad that you're there. Start letting God build it. Look down here. He said, Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood, Henry, but my Father in heaven have revealed this to you. So that means God gives revelation of the word. Because Jesus is the word made flesh. So that means Father gives revelation of the word so they could see who he is. So they could begin to respond to him the right way. Faith responds to God the right way. It responds to God the right way. He said he to come, he must believe that he is God. And that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. If I believe that there was reward in seeking God, I would respond totally different to him than I respond to him. Faith sees God. And then faith sees the thing that God said. And then faith sees him bringing it to pass in my life. And I don't see myself doing it in my own strength. Let's look over here in, in Hebrews chapter 11, and um, that is in verse 27. That's the scripture we've been looking at. It says, by faith Moses, it says he, but it's Moses, forsook Egypt. We said faith will cause you to leave some places. Amen. Not fearing the wrath of the king. You can't be in faith and fear at the same time. I'm going to say that again. That's just what this It says not fearing. Not fearing. That means absolutely no fear at all. When the Bible talks about not, it means absolutely none in existence. You know, when we talk about temperature, absolute zero. When they say it's zero degrees outside, it's really not. Celsius or Fahrenheit. It's really not because there's still some heat in the atmosphere. You and I just are cold because of our physical makeup. We're still cold at zero. But actually, engineers have found out that there's still heat to extract from that environment. That's why you have a heat pump. That's what it does. It finds heat when it's still cold to our physical body. And because it can find heat, it's not absolute zero. Absolute zero 
It's like 400 and something degrees minus Celsius. That's what they found absolute zero. So God says, come on now. Come on now. Come on now. God says to obey him. It requires absolute zero or feel. Amen. Come on now. And the book of John says, perfect love. Come on now. Perfect love, yeah. Perfect love casts out the remnants of fear. They're still questioning whether God will do it or not. Still questioning whether it's going to come to pass or not. Still questioning whether I can trust God enough. That's why it took Abraham and Sarah 25 years because they weren't absolute yet. They still trying things and creating Ishmael's and acknowledging lots and things like that. God said, you want to get rid of all that stuff and go to absolute zero to me, not fearing anything. If I tell you to take the mountain, go take it. If I tell you to build a building, go build it. If I tell you to do it and pay for it, then go pay for it. Trust me for the increase. Get up every day and say, give me this day my daily bread. I'm receiving provisions to pay off that building. I'm not just going to let somebody come and pay it off. It's your will. But you got to see yourself. You got to see yourself laying that check in there like that. Did you see that yet? Then you ain't ready to do it. You ain't see yourself doing it. If you stood with God long enough. See, the reason why Moses is able to go now, when he tried to do it in his own strength, he couldn't get anybody out of Egypt. Barely got out of himself. He barely got out of Egypt himself. He showed up at the edge of the desert. Who's with me? Ain't nobody back there. Just him, rattlesnakes, and scorpions. Few lizards. Come on now. See, the only thing absent is revelation. That's the only thing he's missing. He's the same man. He's just missing some time with God. It's the same man. He's just missing some time with God. He's missing some revelation. He's missing who he really is. He's missing what God really gave him. He's missing the power that God really anointed. He needs to draw nigh to God. And God will get close to him. You are one meter away from a miracle manifestation with God. You one meter away. You one personal counseling session away with God. Yes, you are. You didn't think you were going to have to take off your shoes? Get on holy ground. You wrong. See, everybody want a session with people. Well, what about your session with God? <laughs> It'll change what you do. What about your session? Ain't nothing going to change until you have this private meeting. He said, when you, 
when you get ready to have your private meeting with me, go into a closet and shut the door. People want to come to church, but did you shut the door? It's one thing to come to church, it's another thing to shut the door. Have you shut the door? Close the door. God said, when you're ready, you get ready to do something with your life. Close the door. When you're ready to do something with me, you close the door. Moses was out there in the desert playing on return. Just being a sheep herder. Unbelief will settle for a career that don't belong to you. I'm messing with a whole bunch of you now. Yes, I am. <laughs> Just settling. And settling looks normal. Yes, it does. It looks normal because there's so many people. Do. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to settling. <laughs> it's so many people settling that settling looks normal. It looks normal to come to church when you feel like it. It looks normal to live without ever picking up your Bible. It looks normal never praying over your food. It looks normal never praying over your children. It looks normal never opening your Bible at in the house. It looks normal living like the world. It ain't number two roads in life. That's all it is. It ain't no middle road. It ain't no two sides of the fist. If God be for you, Come on now. If everybody with God, like Moses said, he had to tell about the wilderness. Everybody that want God, get over here. Everybody want to kick it, get over there. <laughs> it ain't number two sides. Either you with God or you're kicking it. <laughs> yes, you are. Don't be playing, don't be playing to play with me. Kicking it, people will come to church and try to make the service normal. But it ain't supposed to be normal. Everybody in here supposed to be prophesying that he'll make a way out of no way. Won't he do it? And the unbelievers supposed to say, God is in this place. But if you get enough normality, The Bible said, praise is comely for the upright and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Coming in here, never clapping, never say hallelujah, never say that's right, never say praise God, won't sing the songs, no matter And then get out there with your friends and you're kicking it. Get out there with your friends and you're kicking it. Trying to fit into that group. That's not a group that's fitting in. That's a group that's perishing. That's a group that won't be here. In the hard times, they won't be here. Corona can take them out. Hard times can take them out. But he that doeth the will of the Lord shall abide. Shall abide forever. Shall abide. I want it wild, I want it Holy Ghost, but I want it knowledgeable of the word. She said, no, he hadn't had a meeting yet. 
And until you have a meeting, you can't forsake nothing. Until you have a meeting, you can't leave your old lifestyle. Until you have a meeting with God, you can't leave, leave anything. It takes spiritual strength to get you out of rut. David said, I love the Lord. He lifted me up out of my pit. He got me out of my rut and set my feet on a solid foundation and steadied my going. You got to have a meeting with God if you're going to change. Flesh and blood have revealed Jesus and you but my father which is in heaven. Moses, you got to have a meeting. And God says, what was, his, what was his meeting? He saw a bush that was burning. Oh, church on the rock, you're going to have to burn, baby. I know you thought you was going to be casual, but you got to burn. Jeremiah said it like fire, shut up. And I can't keep it to myself. God's got people looking for the bush that's in you, but you so casual and so much kicking it in you. We can't even flick your light on. Your wood is too wet to burn. But you ought to let the Holy Ghost breathe on you and put a fresh breath on you. You ought to get up every day and say, I receive power to get out of my pit so I can leave whatever I'm in. Forsook. God will make you forsake something to get in his plan. Yes, he will. Don't think you're going to keep the same stuff around. Uh, some of you think you're going to keep your same stuff. Yes, you do. <laughs> Faith will make you forsake it. The Bible said this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a man. He finds, he, he finds the treasure in a field. And he'll go and sell everything he has to get that field. It's like a fisherman that found a goodly pearl. It's, a, it's of great value. And he goes and he purchases it with everything he has. That's what the kingdom is like. When you really see God, you've got to change. You, you've got to forsake whatever you're in because it's a higher road now. God don't keep you on the same road. If he was going to keep you the same, he would have left you alone. But he said, who I justified, I glorified. And who I glorified, I have planned his conformity to the image of the Son of God. God's got a new level for you. If you were hearing me this morning, he's got a new revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. And it'll cause you to walk away from some steps. You'll leave boyfriends over this. Yes, you will. You'll leave girlfriends over this. You'll leave substances over this. When you see God, you'll move. Moses saw the fire. He started moving. That's what this last generation is going to be. It's going to be a fire to go out of here. You just better decide what you're going to do. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> you better read your prophecy book I gave you. You better read some about me and Pastor Cynthia. Said this fire has always been there. There's always been a burning there. Praise God. It's always been a burning there. You better read that. You better read that and start burning too. 
You better read that cause of fire been set on your tongue. You better read that. You better find out where you at. You don't add. They say you don't know. You better ask somebody. <laughs> you better ask somebody. <laughs> this church was designed for revival. This church was designed for the hungry. This church was designed for those that will praise God uncontrollably. This church was designed for those that want the word and the spirit. This church was designed for those that want to live full of the Holy Ghost. This church was designed for those that want to speak mysteries in tongues. This time for those was what was designed for those that want a Monday night service. They want a Tuesday night service. I want to do all I can do for God. I, I want to go as far as I can go. I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want to say, I want to hear you fought a good fight. You kept the faith. You finished your course. Come into the kingdom of heaven and receive the reward that's waiting on you. That's what this church was made for. We stay here because we stay here in spite of Corona. Because no weapon formed against us can prosper. No tongue rises up against us can be successful. And no plague. None. You should have went off when Corona came up in your house. You should have took the sword of the spirit and cut every kind of demon you can find. You should have got offended. You should have got offended when Corona came up in your house. We lay hands on the sick and they recover. We cast out devils. No deadly thing shall harm us. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel and the Lord. He's going with you. Confirming the word. With signs following. He's going with you. You're done walking by yourself. Oh, glory to God. You're done walking by yourself. God is looking for somebody to walk to. He's looking for somebody to walk with. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro in the earth. He's looking for somebody to walk with. Yeah, you better tell him you're looking for me, Jesus. You better tell him I'm willing and obedient. Look what he says right here. He forsook Egypt. God got me stuck on that because some of you are still holding on to some stuff. Yeah, y'all. That's why you keep having me doing it. Because some of you are holding it like I'm holding this tape. You're wrestling like Jacob did. <laughs> you're wrestling. You're wrestling. You know you're supposed to turn it loose. <laughs> but God got some power here today to help you. Somebody get ready to break free. Thank you, Jesus. He said he, he wasn't afraid of obeying God. Sometimes people are afraid. God said, if you, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in, the, in front of this world, he don't be using empty words. You got to choose this day whom you're going to serve. Life is filled with choices. That's why you can't blame nobody for your outcome. It's filled with choices. 
That's why you can't blame somebody for the way your life's going to turn out, especially when you've been exposed to the word. And then it's your job to expose the other people that don't have the word. Right. And then let them make a choice. Right. And I sleep at night regardless of people's choices. Yeah. I sleep at night. It doesn't shake me who comes. It doesn't shake me who goes. I don't get moved by it. Because I already know my outcome. I already know my outcome. When you already know your outcome, you're not moved by choices. And if you need somebody because somebody left, you're supposed to say, thank you for the replacement, Jesus. Right. It's like Pastor Nancy said, Yo, the replacement is already always better than the one that left. Come on now, you ought to be, you'll be if you believe that, you've been shouting hallelujah. Instead of crying, nobody loves me. Pastor Cynthia was reading what Pastor Dinah said about me when she let us go, when they sent us out to start this church. She was reading it. That woman knew so much about me. To so many people, she, she was not that. But to me, she was all of that. And because I received her like that, she ministered to me like nobody else. Can nobody preach to you without receiving them? I received her. She said, Keith, you thought you stayed here this long. You thought you stayed in this church this long because you needed us, and I did. When you, when you, grow, up in a, when you grow up in an environment where Satan works overtime to destroy the image of Father, in your life. He works overtime to make sure you don't have a daddy. And then if you do have one, he works extra overtime to make sure the one in front of you is not godly. I say man to it whether you feel like it or not. Telling the truth. Man is the head of the household. That's who he is. Whether he wants the job or not. So don't pick a knot. <laughs> Said you thought you needed us. I did. I needed a man to stand up before me and say, this is my wife. And you can have this church. You can have my home, my car, my finances, but you can't have my wife and my children. I didn't even know that kind of commitment to family even existed. It's never been heard in my ears out of the mouth of any man. So, yes, I do need you all. I don't want to ever run and turn tail on my family. who I cut covenant with and who God gave me, I plan on showing up at the kingdom at the pearly gates with everybody. That's what I plan on doing. And wherever you are today in your walk with God, whatever you can take, take it. 
and believe for the rest of it to come with you. We're going to have our challenges. That's what he said. She said, Keith, he said, the pastor down passed away. He said, we had challenges. We had challenges. We had disagreements. He said, but when you get down to the bottom of the barrel, there's the word commitment. We had commitment. Challenges, he said, but divorce is never an option. Now, I'm not talking to you about the life you're living or have lived. I'm talking about why I needed my man and woman of God. I'm not talking to you. Don't get under condemnation because you had a divorce. It happens. That's why it's in the Bible. That's why God gave Moses a, a bill of divorcement for it. Because sometimes people's hearts will not change. Men have the ability to resist God. He gave them that kind of willpower that they can tell him no. They can resist God. I don't care nothing about his word. You ain't never wrestling with me over the Bible. That's between you and God. I just got the assignment to give it to you. Watch your attitude toward me. As for this job, he gave it to me. Then we end up taking all the flack. I like God didn't have nothing to do with it. No, you really mad at him. You are really mad at him because it's his word. You just mad because I preached it, but you really mad at him. You're going to get to see him one day with them fiery eyes, head full of hair like lamb's wool. Big golden band, feet shining. Say, I'm going to get in front of you. Say what you said now. I hope I'm up there when you mean, say it, say it now. Because I'm going to say back on the planet you was like this. Now you got up here, you're like this. Say it now. I'm going to act like I'm back in the street. Say it now. Do something. You bad. Do something. Say it now. I hope I'm there. No. They said, we needed you. They said, Keith, we needed you. You thought we needed, you needed us. We did. He said, we needed your courage. We needed your strength. We needed your wisdom. And years later, I looked at it. I said, God, why did you say that? He said, God, he said, I will not be mocked. That whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He said, that's your harvest. That's your harvest. That's your seed. Forget about the Ishmaels and the lots. Faith forgets about the Ishmaels 
and the lots. Faith forgets about the people that walked out of your life. Because they don't belong there. Do not belong there. All you're supposed to have in your life is what you sowed. And if you sowed strength, get ready for strength. If you sowed wisdom, get ready for wisdom. If you sowed courage, get ready for courage. If you sowed seed, get ready for a harvest. Work on your harvest. That's what you should work on. And then the Bible says here, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. You have to have some endurance. Has anything ever just rattled you? Did make you perplexed? Coming in here rattled me. It rattled me to start having services in the hotel. It stuff can rattle you. But it's just temporal. Don't let the temporal rattle you. But I was close enough to God. He said, why are you worried about going into a hotel? He said, you don't move 10 times. This is just 11. I started counting we was in there? Yeah, you were over there. We were there? Yep. And now this is getting too comfortable. This is getting too comfortable. You can never let the place get you comfortable if it's not the will of God. Your faith got to keep moving you until you get to exactly where God wants you. So we coming up out of here. Yeah. Hey man, we're going to forsake Hilton God. Come on now, we forsook Hilton God. Praise God. You need to go home and say that we're forsaking Hilton God. Now some of y'all going to still be here. But your confession needs to be we forsook Hilton God. We went to the south side where God sent it us. Because the south side wasn't right. There was land that belonged to us. There's buildings that belonged to us. And there's angels helping us. You need to read the prophecy book. There's a prophecy angel called property. He's gathering property. Amen. That includes assets and, and wealth and things to do what we need to do. Dr. Jacobs gave me that prophecy. I put that in there. Them two angels in there. If you was living by faith, you would be saying, gathering properties out there work. Getting our property and bringing the right people of strength, wisdom, and courage. My Ismail year is about over. Yes, they are. Sometimes you get to a place, your Ishmael time is up. Your lot time is up. You got to get to the place where you accomplish what God called you to do. Look what it says right here. He said he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Faith causes you to see God. And it causes you to see the thing God said. 
Now turn back to Hebrews chapter 3. I just got to hit this and then I'm done. Some of you need to forsake something this morning. And it's power here to help you to break it. Because you can't get in the plan of God with that in there. Amen. Say amen to that. Come on now. You got to break through. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It says, faith is the substance, (laughs) is the substance of the things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Make, that makes faith supernatural. For by it the elders obtained a, a good report. And through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. So faith is used to bring something into manifestation. It's the will of God that it exists. And the enemy is trying to keep it from coming to pass. But faith is the only way to bring it to pass. And it is the plan of God. And it's our job to cause it to be. When it talks about this word frame, It says, this word, we understand the worlds with an S on it, so it's not talking about creation. It's talking about the ages. Every age that has ever existed, they teach you in school, it's the Stone Age, the Bronze Age, and all of that kind of stuff like that. They were ages. And God had to have people in every age to begin to speak the word, to bring what he planned to come into being and come to pass. He's got to have people to do that. And you are those people. It is your job. It is your job right now to shake just like you in a deep freezer because it's so cold in here. (laughs) I see some of y'all. Hurry up, Pastor. (laughs) Somebody hit the button in here. I had to stop because some of you are really shaking. Y'all, you didn't prepare for this. Okay. (laughs) And here's the deal. Everybody that God assigns in his kingdom have to find out through revelation what his plan is. And then it's their job to frame it in their age. It is your job to frame whatever he shows you. When you visit with him, like Moses finally did, he walked out of there and saw that he could take Egypt and take every Israelite out of that nation and get paid doing it. You can see yourself getting paid. Come on now. Yes, he did. He said, I told him they was going to get paid too. Amen. Praise God. Come on, and he said, I told them they was going to get paid. So when God tells you you're going to get paid, you got to get a vision of money coming to you. And he pulled him close to him so that he could see that it's enough power and it's enough authority and it's enough dominion to bring to pass what I want. 
And all I need you to do is stay close to me. Let me build the image and vision in you. And then I'm going to give you authority to speak. That's why Jesus said, now I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you see by revelation from God, the Holy Spirit, all the angels of God, all the favor of God is getting ready to go into existence and into action and bring it to pass in your life. That's why I said my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Pastor Diana preached. She says the new anointing coming in you. It's an expansion anointing on this church. The expansion anointing has come to frame this thing. Come on now. It's come to frame this thing. In the book you got, the Holy Ghost wants you to frame whatever you see in that book coming to pass. So when he said, I'm stepping you up, you should see yourself going up. I don't care if you just stay right there. You stepping me up. You just stay in the presence of God until you see yourself take a step. And once you see it, praise God, you start saying it and you coming up. He said, it's your job to start framing.